Good morning and welcome to Red Sea Roundup. I'm your host, Judy Como. So happy to be here in the studios and talk about all things Catholic here. We are live. It's the first time I've been live in a couple of months. I'm uh, happy to be here and it is a little scary to do that, but I'm good with that. Um, I'd like to begin the show uh, asking for the intercession of St. Gabriel, who is our patron saint here at the radio, and also the intercession of St. Francis de Sales. Today is his feast day. He is the patron saint of writers and of the deaf. Um, And also, I just want to mention something that may be obvious to some people, but may not. I would think that most churches handed out calendars at the beginning of the year. And uh, th- there is so much information on a religious calendar that we can uh, turn to at the, sna- at the touch of our fingers, um, different patronal days uh, that we celebrate throughout the, uh, the month and the week. Um, it teaches us liturgical times all the things that our Catholic Church lovingly teaches us without even knowing it sometimes. And on uh, this particular calendar, I think it's pretty much uh, similar to all them. Across the bottom of it is every church here locally, contact numbers. We here in Bryony College Station have the opportunity to go to reconciliation in several places almost every day of the week. And um, so... There's always beautiful art that teaches us uh, more things about our Catholic faith. So just a plug for that religious calendar that might not get the attention. There's lots of stuff on there. Uh, Also want to welcome our listeners at 98.3 FM. Dennis, good morning. Good morning, Judy. Help help me. uh, Yeah, KYAR. We're very excited to be in Central Texas as well as the Brazos Valley here. Would we call them our sister station or would Um, would we have a a, a brother or sister station maybe, (laughs) depending on who's listening, you know? Exactly right. (laughs) But uh, so excited to, so shout out to all of our listeners um, in Waco and surrounding areas. Yes, indeed. And a shout out to Stephanie Lee, our new station director up there. Yep. So Stephanie, hopefully she's up there listening and you can reach her if you go to our website under uh, uh, what is a Red Sea Apostolate. You can find her contact information there. Or if you ever have a a question or a request, you can always email Stephanie at redcradio.org. It's red, the letter C, radio.org. So uh, she's ready. She's already created quite a few spots and is promoting things there and helping to raise funds and to pay off the debt for that station and just the operating expenses. We're, we're very happily in two different markets. And more to come. Uh, God willing. God willing. Yeah, yeah. We're working on a low power station that we'll be helping to build in Palestine, Texas. And then uh, we'll see where God calls from there. Yeah. So if you've been to Excuse me, Dennis and I both have some cobwebs this morning that we're going <laughs> to... Who's the patron saint of allergies? Well, we'll just say, how about St. Blaise? All right, patron sounds saint great. Of the throat. Sounds awesome. Yeah. St. Blaise, pray for us. Absolutely. Um, some of the times that our benefits, Dennis will put up a map of Texas and the circles that our listening area is, and it's getting bigger and bigger. It's so exciting. Yeah, yeah. God willing, and, and to him be the glory, and and we need his help because sometimes, you know... 
<laughs> God's asked a couple of dodos to to run the stations, you know, here and uh, myself and especially. And so we we need his guidance, which well, is he doesn't call the equipped. He equips exactly. The That's why it works. How are you doing this morning? Doing very well, yeah. very well. We had a great retreat this yes, past we weekend, did. the Red Sea family retreat. Uh, Judy came up with this idea about a year ago. Um, and brought it to the board and, and everybody jumped on it and said, okay. And I said, Judy, I, I love it, but I can't help do it. <laughs> and so thanks to, to be to God, to Judy and Thaddeus and Terry and Rose and the entire planning team, Taylor, Pam, Katka, so many people came together, Joe, to, to put together an incredible retreat and it had some wonderful effects for well, many families. Um Part of that uh, came about because we were talking about it on our showcase, and uh, thankfully Rose Schmidt heard it and called us and said, "Hey, I heard about it. Let's. I would like to help." And so the, you know, the workings of the body of Christ never fails to um, bring about good fruit. Yeah, and, uh, and it, it was a great. I can verify I did not go to the planning meetings, but I know they had a whole lot of them and a lot of work went into it. So I thank all of you for being on that retreat team and and that we actually had some testimonials already came in. We'd had several families that have talked to us personally. Can I read this one? Sure, that'd be great. It it said, Dear uh, Red Sea Family Retreat Team, my wife and I want to thank you for putting on the family retreat this past weekend. We know very well that an event such as this takes a lot of time and effort from many people to facilitate, and we appreciate your efforts very much. The best commentary we can give is that after telling our kids that we would be going to a family retreat at the end of a long <laughs> week of school and activities, they were not oh, at no. all enthused about attending. After the first evening, they were ready to go to the next morning, and when we had to leave, they didn't want to go. My wife and I have already begun utilizing some of the ideas that were conveyed in the presentations. This retreat was very worthwhile for our household and after word gets out and each family who attended invites other families to attend in years to come, this may very well become the don't miss event in the Bryan College Station Catholic community. My goodness. Thank you and God bless. And it's their names. I didn't ask their permission to read it on the air, so I'll keep them anonymous, but thank you so much for your warm, warm reception. And, and a lot of people had, had some really good things to say. Well, we were very blessed and a huge thank you to, uh, Father Joseph Verricamackle, the pastor of St. Anthony's parish and the entire staff who helped, uh, provide a fabulous place to facilitate this. We were just very blessed, uh, at St. Anthony's parish and they were very generous and supportive uh, Father had an extra mass that morning for us, and uh, Father uh, Deacon Michael Bouvet helped provide uh, Eucharistic adoration. Deacon Andy Perrone also. They have a and, great men's talk. Yeah, yeah. You you went to that? I did because I'm a man. a man. Yeah, man, we are on the same <laughs> wavelength this morning. Yeah. Uh, Thank you for noticing. Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, speaking of St. Anthony's, man. We had some great support there, and and just. Great things are coming up at St. Anthony's. Yes. And uh, so we've got actually someone on the call uh, that wants to tell us about some things going on at St. Anthony's. Uh, Beth Coles is on the line. And Judy hey. and Beth wanted to talk about some incredible event that is coming to St. Anthony's Catholic we Parish. We do. Good morning, Beth. 
Good morning, Judy. Hey, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. How are you? Oh, I'm doing really good. Um, thank you for calling in and uh, talking about this very exciting event that's coming up pretty quick. Yes, it's coming up <laughs> faster than we... I know. Uh, we keep having realize. think we're going to have this, okay, time to turn the page on this, and bam, here we are. <laughs> Something right. else coming right up with the spaghetti dinner, I might add. <laughs> Well, the day after the spaghetti dinner, you can come back to St. Anthony's and um, just relax and pray with two first-class relics of St. Anthony of Padua. Um, they're traveling from his basilica in Padua, Italy, um, accompanied by the Franciscan friars who are the uh, custodians of that basilica and shrine. And um, we're very excited. It's um, The relics are only going to be here for one afternoon and evening, um, February 13th, Monday. And um, so we're going to have veneration starting at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and we'll conclude with Mass at 6.30 in the evening. So there's plenty of time to come, <clears throat> excuse me, to come and um, pray. Um, Bring your kids after school and um, then uh, stay for Mass. You can come and pray, leave, come back for Mass, or you can come right before Mass starts and um, attend Mass. But um, we're just really excited um, that Father was able to um, organize and get the, the relics um, here. They're yeah. only going to be in the Austin Diocese for a few days, and um, we're very excited to Correct. be um, one of the parishes. I viewed a, a little, I think about a two-minute video that uh, the yes. friars have sent out. And um, how can we uh, get a hold, uh, you know, find that video? I think it's going to be on St. Anthony's Facebook. Yeah, it's on our it's on our St. Anthony Facebook page. I just um, actually posted um, the event to <clears throat> the Red Sea Radio. Uh, you got some cobwebs too, huh? I do. <laughs> Tis the season. Pardon me. That's quite all right. Pardon me. Um, I just posted the event to the Red Sea uh, Radio Facebook page. Um, so I don't know if y'all can, you know, make it nice and big on there or whatever. Thank you. Um, and um, but you can go on Facebook and search St. Anthony's uh, Bryan, Texas, and um, it'll pop up there in the events. And we'd love to have you come and um, join us and. Bring everybody. Yeah. Um, Can you tell us a little are, bit about veneration of the of a relic and why is that? Sure. Um, just like we have photos of you know family members and friends who have passed on, and we might keep uh, family heirlooms like um, maybe grandma's pearls or um, you know grandpa's collection mm -hmm. of you know uh, cars or knives or whatever. Um, the relics um, include the physical remains of a saint um, or uh, their clothing um, or a martyr's instrument of torture or death. Mm -hmm. um, but what we have coming, these are um, physical remains of St. Anthony, a um, piece of a rib bone and um, some uh, skin tissue that are held in what are called reliquaries, mm -hmm. which are, um, you know, special, you know, 
um, special little places uh, of cases. honor and but they're, display. They're glass, so you can see the um, the relics. Um, and a relic is simply there to help us remember to um, pray, basically. Um, just like we ask each other to pray for us, we ask the saints to pray exactly. for us. Exactly, yeah. And the relics are simply a physical reminder that this person lived and walked on this earth and has been determined by the church to be in heaven now. And so in heaven, all St. Anthony has to do is worship God and pray. And so he wants us to ask him to pray for us. Um, exactly. Just as all the saints do. So, so that's what relics are and why we venerate them um, and what to, a, to remind us to uh, worship God and good. ask the saints to pray for us. Great. Well, Beth, thank you so much for calling in. That's February 13th from 3 yes. until Mass at 630, correct? Yes. Awesome. Yes. All right. Well, have a great day. Everybody here. All you right. too. Thank you. All right. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Thank you, Beth. And we You're now welcome. have uh, we now have another caller, Gentry yeah. Woodard from St. Joseph's here in Bryan. We're going to cross over uh, the railroad tracks and talk to somebody <laughs> from St. Anthony to St. Joseph. Gentry, Good morning, Gentry. Good morning. How are you doing? Oh, I was listening to your previous caller. That's interesting. So I caught myself listening to to what she was saying. Awesome. Well, uh, it's a great opportunity, and I hope that our listeners will spread the word. And now we, so tell us about the Spring Bling. Well, we have every year, we do all kinds of little fundraisers during the year, but the first Saturday every year, we do what's called our largest fundraiser. In the past, it's been called Spring Fling. We've mixed it up a little bit. We're calling it Spring Bling this year. Right. And um, this is to benefit St. Joseph's Catholic School. Yes, ma'am. St. Joseph Catholic School. I'm sorry. Oh, that's all right. Uh, it'll be on Saturday, February 4th at the Brazos County Expo. Um, again, there's a social hour. There's always a dinner. We're going to do a short little video this year about our school, about Catholic education, about Catholic faith, what it means to the students um, as well. And then we have uh, live auction items. We have silent auction items. We have kids' baskets that they make. We have kids' art projects. Um, so we invite everybody to come out uh, to the event. Again, it's on February 4th. You can read all about it online at our website. Can I give our website out? Yeah, that'd be great. Okay. Uh, our website is uh, obviously www. Um, I don't even know if you need to say that anymore, but that shows my <laughs> that shows my age, www. We're not millennials, are we? <laughs> no, I say that and my kids look at like I'm crazy. So, Dad. But uh, the www, and then it's stjosephschoolbcs.org, stjosephschoolbcs.org. And there's actually a Spring Bling link on there. So you can buy tickets. You can actually donate items if you own a business or if you have a item you'd like to donate, a new item. Um, those, those donors will be recognized uh, during, the, uh, during the presentation at the event. And you can buy tickets. You can buy tables. If you don't think you can come, you can help sponsor a teacher table so all the teachers can come to the event. We think that's important. Um, for them to be able to come. So again, we invite everyone out uh, February 4th, Saturday at the Brazos County Expo Complex. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Uh, personally, I thank you as my daughter is a senior at St. Joseph's Catholic School and um, all the generous 
work for this uh, fundraising event um, really is a wonderful opportunity for this um, entire region of Bryan and College Station and even beyond uh, for the blessing of Catholic schools here in our in our town. So I sure thank you and look forward to seeing you there. Yes, ma'am. Thank you for the opportunity to do some advertising. All right, Gentry. Have a great day. Take care. Thank yes, you. Bye-bye. Dennis, we have been talking for 15 minutes or so, and we have not talked about the subject of our show this morning. I tend to forget about it already. So yeah, <laughs> well, looking forward I, I was to so it. busy getting other people to do my work by calling in and talking about all these things. Uh, but I want to, couldn't be more excited about uh, our guest. David B. Wright is mm-hmm. going to be here, not here in the studio, but is going to be calling in and be talking about so many things, um, not only about where his life is moving in a direction, but uh, have the opportunity to talk about many uh, things that are so pertinent, especially recent change in administration and the pro-life movement and all those things. And so uh, I want to invite our listeners. This is a live show. You're welcome to call in. You can do that by calling 85LOVE-RED-C. That's 855-683-7332. We would certainly welcome a call in, a question, a comment. and um, So, think- yeah, if you need to remember the number, just type, write down real quick, 85 Love Red C, R-E-D-C, the letter C. And then you can just dial it in or look up the numbers, but it's 85 Love Red C, 855-683-7332. Yeah, any any call in would be great to just just to you know you haven't talked to David B right in <laughs> in a while, uh, but yeah, we unveiled some great news uh, at our benefit dinner back in October, and if you weren't there, stay tuned for the second half of the show because we've got some great news to uh, share with you about what's to come, how David's life will soon interact and, and intersect with our own here coming up. What we feel is his hometown, but. Yeah, he, he used to be right from our neighborhood, so I, yeah. we're not bitter or anything about him moving we away. We just but miss him. We'll, we'll pull him back maybe someday, huh? That would be great. So we're going to head on off into the break and join us. Welcome back to Red Sea Roundup. I'm your host, Judy Como. I'm here in our studio with Dennis Maka. And Howdy, everybody. It is my extreme pleasure to have David B. Wright on our show this morning. Um, David became an outspoken pro-life advocate after Planned Parenthood announced plans to build an abortion clinic here in his hometown in 1988. He helped to start and build a local grassroots coalition that rallied 60 churches and thousands of people together and dramatically reduced abortions in this region. 
Planned Parenthood recognized the effectiveness of David's efforts when it labeled this town the most anti-choice place in the nation. Whoop! Got a whoop for that. <laughs> no doubt. Got a whoop for uh, that. David led the first ever 40 Days for Life campaign here in College Station. David moved to Washington, D.C. area in 2005, where he served as executive director of the American Life League and national director of Stop Planned Parenthood until being asked to lead the national 40 Days for Life campaign. It was my personal privilege to be here and witness the closing not only of our local Planned Parenthood in College Station, but also those facilities in Lufkin and Huntsville in July of 2013. David's pro-life work has been featured in the media hundreds of times, including coverage by Fox News, HBO, ABC, NBC, and CBS, and over 100 newspapers across the country. David, you need to bump up this... (laughs) This bio, because it gives you a one line. David and his wife, Margaret, have two children, (laughs) Claire and Patrick. Uh, So I'm going to ask you to work on that, and we'll elaborate on that. Um, Recently, in December, his close friend, Sean Carney, who is president of 40 Days for Life, together with David, announced that he is stepping down as CEO David is our guest here this morning via phone call, and we are so excited. I'm going to be quiet now and let David talk. Howdy, good morning. How are you? Oh, Judy, it is so (laughs) great to be with you and Dennis and to hear the word howdy. You know, living up in the Northeast now, just outside of Washington, D.C., that's not a word I hear very often. So it always warms my heart, makes me feel back at home in Aggieland, Central Texas, and just the good-hearted people there uh, in what I believe is God. Well, would you know? Thanks for all those kind words and introduction. Well, we're very happy to have you here, David. And and, uh, yeah, we would love to to see more and hear more of you here in in the near future. So thank you for being on on this call. I think we're going to have that opportunity. Well, David, um, (laughs) as the little video that we saw you and Sean announcing that you were stepping down, uh, also connecting back to October at our benefit where... We had another wonderful video that kind of told uh, the local area about your traveling for the 50-state bus tour uh, 40 Days for Life event. Kind of bring us all up to date on uh, how that happened, the kickoff of your radio show that's going to come about, and just bring us up to date on all of that. Wow, and this is only an hour show, right? Well, so we're going uh, to gonna do the very best bit. that we can. and <laughs> So, you know, God has such a beautiful sense of humor and such a divine plan that's bigger and much richer than anything we could ever imagine for ourselves. And just as 40 Days for Life began with an hour of prayer with myself and Sean, his wife Mary Lisa, and a young woman named Emily praying at the Coalition for Life office, and Brian, and asking God to show us what could we do to help impact uh, abortion and and to reduce it and eventually eliminate it in our community, uh, in just the same way that God, we felt, spoke to us and gave us a vision of what became 40 Days for Life, not only locally, but eventually a worldwide movement, 
In the same way, just in my ongoing prayers, asking God to help me be faithful and doing what he wants me to do, it probably about a year and a half ago started to become evident that there was something that he had in store for me that was beyond 40 days for life. And I was a little bit confused by this and not sure exactly what that would entail, but in just lots of ongoing prayer and discernment and in talking with good spiritual mentors and advisors and uh, just really over time recognizing more and more signs that this is what God wanted, I started making plans and uh, departed from 40 Days for Life. Uh, It was announced publicly in December of 2016. Now, in the midst of that, one of the things that was a huge blessing, and you alluded to this, Judy, was we realized that the urgency of this past year, and particularly this past fall, was such that even though I knew that at the end of the year I would be departing from 40 Days for Life organizationally to take on new endeavors and new projects, I also recognized that God had given us the platform of that organization and the people that we were blessed to work with, the local leaders in hundreds of cities across America and around the world. And so in praying about what could be done at a time where we felt America was at a crossroads and a time where so many people were feeling all the anxiety about attacks against faith and family and life and religious freedom, uh, we really felt that something needed to happen to to kind of fuel pro-life activities across the country throughout the fall. And so in praying about it, what we ultimately decided to do was, number one, strive to have more 40 Days for Life campaigns than ever before in more cities. Uh-huh. Number two was to have all 50 states simultaneously holding campaigns, which had never happened all at once together. And then number three was to then go to all 50 of those states on the bus tour that you referenced we had been blessed. A donor had given us an RV, a big 34-foot like bus-type vehicle, had given it to 40 Days for Life, and we felt that this was the season to make use of that. And so, by the grace of God, we had more cities than ever before participate in 40 Days. We had all 50 states come on board, which was miraculous, particularly considering some states had not held a campaign since 2008. And so it had been a gap for a few of the states, but all 50 states came on board, And then through that bus tour, we ended up going to, if I remember the numbers right, I think it was 137 cities across all 50 states. And I personally went to 83 of those cities in 37 of the states, and then the rest of the team was going to other places as well. But during that season, Dennis and Judy, you know, I gained a renewed sense of hope. And I knew we were going into this very tumultuous political season that had a lot of people feeling very anxious. But I realized while traveling across the country – that the pro-life movement is vibrant, it is young, it is growing, and people are willing to take a public stand for the things that they believe in because things have gotten that bad in our country. And in the midst of that, I saw these record crowds turning out. I mean, in the state of Wyoming, the state that hadn't had a 40 Days for Life campaign since 2008, they had the largest pro-life event in the entire history of the state at their Casper 40 Days for Life vigil when the bus tour came through. And the people were so encouraged. I had a legislator come up to me. He spent 10 years in the Wyoming legislature, and he said that the prayers and efforts of the pro-life people including 40 Days for Life, he said, accomplished more than his entire 10 years of trying to work with pro-life legislation in their state house. We had record turnouts in all across California. Our largest events were in Sacramento and a suburb of Los Angeles, West Covina. We met along the way multiple children whose lives were saved from past 40 Days for Life campaigns. And we just saw this renewed enthusiasm and energy. 
And so it gave me great comfort in knowing that I'm going to be leaving 40 Days for Life, that the ministry is in great shape, it's positioned for ongoing growth and success, the pro-life movement is vibrant, 40 Days for Life is vibrant, and uh, to see that was really reassuring. But I came home, and to be honest with you, and again, here we are talking about the importance of faith, I came home from that tour on the Sunday before Election Day. And I was worried about what would happen on Election Day for our country. Well, you are not alone, my friend. (laughs) Yeah. And we were concerned about the, you know, will this be an ongoing increase in the hostility against faith and family and life and freedom? Or will there be, if not improvement, at least a stopping of the, the growth in the attacks against the values that we hold dear? And uh, by the grace of God, you know, what happened on Election Day that the world said was not possible happened. And uh, I think that God has given us a a little window of time to to really turn around our culture and to get back to what our nation was founded on. So I left not only 40 Days for Life with a sense of joy and hope about that ministry and about the pro-life movement, which I will always continually be involved in, um, but also just about the opportunity we have to do good in our country right now at this crucial season. People of faith can put their their hands and feet into actions that can transform their neighborhoods, their parishes, their communities, states, and the entire nation. And I believe together the best days of America are ahead, and I believe it's because of the people. People like those listening right now to Red Sea Roundup, it's ordinary people that God can use to achieve extraordinary things. So I'm excited about the future and just blessed to have had this decade season where I was a part, a little part of what God did through 40 Days for Life, and I can't wait to see what ongoing great things continue to happen through that ministry. I pray for and wish well those who uh, are continue to lead, Sean and the board of directors and the staff there. I, I really am, am praying and hoping that God continues to grow that ministry as, as he has done thus far. So uh, a yeah. great chapter in my life and excited to turn the page now and begin this new chapter and excited that a part of that will involve Red Sea Catholic Radio. Yes, indeed. Well, I give personal testimony to everything that you just said, because I am one of those people who were very much on the periphery of uh, being, you know, I thought just saying I'm against abortion and going to mass every Sunday was a good way to be a, a practicing Catholic. But because I'm so very blessed to have uh, friends surrounded, invited me to what I think was an event, Planned Parenthood was having a fundraiser here at the LaSalle Hotel and um, invited me to participate in some music to have something right across the street from that. And I went to y'all's little office on 29th Street and uh, met you for the first time. And I have never been around someone so passionate and so eloquent and able to uh, vocalize, you know, and organize and inspire Uh, I have friends who live in Louisiana, because that's where my husband's from, who have become involved uh, in the pro-life movement. Uh, My father-in-law, God rest his soul, met you at Our Lady of Wisdom Chapel on USL's campus, and other friends who've gone to Baton Rouge and stood and prayed, and uh, just the experience of it. And, um, you know, I join you in this uh, prayer of continuing on with uh, 40 Days for Life and all that that means in a very brief statement. So I thank you and I affirm you for all that good work. But there's well, work Judy, to be done. You know, I think you better stop saying all those nice things because my head's going to get so big I won't be able to fit out well, that's the okay. door of my room and my wife will never forgive you for that. But, <laughs> it, you know, it's been a blessing. And to be honest, I look at, I mean, I 
am so deeply moved at what God started right there in the heart of Central Texas and spread it around the world. I, I remember being in Adelaide, Australia. I was asked to speak at a church there. We were recruiting people for 40 Days for Life campaigns all across the country. I think at the time there were 10 cities that were participating. And I got in front of this group of maybe 300 uh, business people, Christian business people, to pitch getting involved in 40 Days for Life. And I mentioned that this began in College Station, Bryan, Texas. And a guy in the back gave a loud whoop. And I was like, you know, you can't escape this Aggie stuff anywhere. But to see what God has done and spread it to countries like, you know, Croatia and the Republic. Republic of Georgia and all across Africa and throughout Central and South America and just to see the lives that have been changed. I mean, I got to hold in in Vukovar, Croatia, right on the border of the Danube River, I got to hold a baby who was alive because people in Central Texas had the faith to step out and start something that spread around the world. And that baby was saved through a 40 Days for Life campaign. And I got to hold that little child in my arms and realize, were it not for this little mustard seed of faith of people right there in the center of the great state of Texas, none of this would have happened. So it really is a blessing. And that's why I think a lot of great things start in Central Texas. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that what we have planned for the next month and beyond are definitely going to be something that uh, will not be an exception to that. Oh, well, I agree 100%. Um, And again, especially at this pivotal time, um, God just is the most coordinated guy Ever and we got to have you talk here uh, at the end of January of the pro-life month where we celebrate uh, the family and um, on the a week not just a few days after uh, President Donald Trump is inaugurated and um, March for Life um, I'm I'm sure you attended. Uh, well, that's coming up this Friday. <laughs> coming up this Friday, yeah. yes, and um, maybe you even have some insight as to these other March for Women and what that speaks for the, what I call despair and troubled voices uh, opposing some of these things. Uh, Maybe you could speak to some of that. Well, sure. That's a great, great point. So first off, we just on Sunday marked the 44th anniversary of the Roe versus Wade and Doe versus Bolton Supreme Court decisions. Mm-hmm. And to take you back to January 22, 1973, there were seven men on the U.S. Supreme Court who imposed abortion on the entire nation, all stemming from a case that originated, unfortunately, in Texas. There was a young woman named Norma McCorvey who was coerced by some scheming attorneys. Uh, Sarah Weddington was the chief attorney on this, and they convinced her to run a legal challenge against the Texas law that prohibited abortions. That went all the way up to the Supreme Court, and 44 years ago this past Sunday, regrettably, they opened the Pandora's box and imposed abortion across all 50 states, uh, striking down any state restrictions against abortion. And since that time, we know that more than 58 million innocent children have perished at the rate of over 1.1 million more per year, and abortion is the leading cause of death in our nation today. So you look at heart disease, cardiovascular disease, about 800,000 lives a year lost, and that is not the extent of the 1.1 million lost to abortion. Cancer, AIDS, accidents, wars, any other cause does not compare to the death toll from abortion. So this past Sunday, as we memorialize that decision, people have been gathering on Saturday, this past Saturday in San Francisco, 
Tens of thousands of people gathered there at the Walk for Life West Coast. And this coming Friday, uh, hundreds of thousands will gather on the National Mall here in Washington, D.C. for the March for Life. And it's a somber event, but it's also a hope-filled event. Because when you go to it, if anybody, if you're listening and you've never been, make a point. If you can come this Friday, we'd love to have you. But if you can't come this Friday, come another year. Come at least once to the March for Life in Washington, D.C., and or go to the West Coast Walk for Life in San Francisco. Because what you'll see is young people. You will see young people passionate on on fire. Our young generation is even more pro-life, Judy and Dennis, than our generation is. Because to them, this is a fundamental human right, and they understand that a third of their generation was wiped out by abortion and that they could have been legally killed by abortion. So it's very hopeful to see that future of our country. And, and frankly, I don't even think the youth are the future of the pro-life movement. They are the pro-life movement right now. Right. And it gives a lot of hope. But you contrast that to what just happened this past uh, Saturday in Washington, D.C. and in other cities around the country, where abortion advocates promoted a what they called a women's march. It was essentially a screed against Donald Trump and against anything that opposed the abortion and gender ideologies that they promote. And you could see on the banners behind them, Planned Parenthood was one of the key sponsors, the largest abortion chain in our country. Uh, these events were not about women. They were about abortion and uh, perverted gender ideologies that they're trying to impose and normalize across our country. So it was very sad. And, and you saw, you know, the media just, oh, lavishing praise on these events and what a wonderful gathering these th this was and how it was historic. And of course, I, I encourage everybody to watch the media this coming Friday and see if the huge event in Washington, D.C. of women and men and young people supporting the sanctity of human life gets the same lavished praise. I can tell you in advance, it won't. won't. But to see the media giving it that praise and that, that uh, adulation, but then also just on social media and other communications, I had so many women that I know, Catholic women, evangelical, Protestant, even women of no faith, who were just so disgusted that these events purported to be speaking for all women, when really they only spoke to some very narrow ideologies that really undermine the very definition and nature of what womanhood is all about. And so it is tragic, but what it demonstrates to all of us is, number one, there is a spiritual battle going on in our nation and around the world. And it's a battle for the soul of America, I believe. And so we need to pray much more fervently and much more often than we have been, number one. Number two, we need to understand that those who are trying to impose abortion and impose taxpayer funding of Planned Parenthood, impose gender ideologies, impose so-called same-sex marriage and all these other things, they're trying to shove this down the collective throats of America, they are not going to sit idly by. And so we must get engaged. We've got to get active or we need to get more active. If we keep doing what we've always done, we should expect that we'll keep getting what we've always gotten. So if you as a listener are not happy with the direction our culture has been heading, guess what? You and I have an obligation to do something about it. And that's what we need to do. Just as 40 Days for Life demonstrated as a, a little sliver of the much greater pro-life movement and the much, much broader cultural struggles that we're dealing with, but what it demonstrated is that prayer and action can change things and that ordinary people can be used by God to accomplish extraordinary things. So what if together each of us 
look at our culture, look for our biggest problems that we're facing, and ask God to show us what can I do to make a great impact on these critical issues of our day, and as he reveals it to us, for each of us to take a step and say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, and to get more active than we have ever been. This is our moment, I believe, to turn the tide and restore not only America, but to restore hope for our future. God Almighty, with him, we know all things are possible, and that's why we need to start with him and ask him to move, but then asking him to move is going to likely be accomplished through him moving us. Exactly. I agree 100%. Um, And I thank you for that uh, so eloquently description of uh, what's going on. And um, what what would you kind of sum up, because I don't want to spend too much time without getting to your show and what's going to go on with you. as our as we look just a few days into this administration as what uh the most prayerful uh inauguration that I've ever witnessed not that I've done a, witnessed a whole bunch of them but um and the look towards the possible nomination of the Supreme Court and the look towards right. everything that and I, I know it's very quick into this administration but what 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 are your thoughts on that That's a great question. And, you know, let me preface this by saying, I know during the campaign season, there was a lot of very understandable division and concern amongst good, well-intentioned people about all the candidates or about specific candidates. And when we look at Donald Trump, I will be the first to admit he's not a perfect man, and his history has a lot of areas that cause concern for people. But what we saw at the inauguration was, first off, we saw six members of the clergy, several of whom invoked the name of Jesus Christ, which thank you for helping to restore our Judeo-Christian heritage as a nation. We saw a man, Donald Trump, talking about Almighty God as the most important driving force in the future of our nation. And we are seeing actions that give us hope in terms of the cabinet he is assembling, a lot of very good, righteous people. We see a lot of the early policies. One of his first executive orders was to defund international Planned Parenthood for promoting uh, abortions overseas. We have seen a lot of motion very quickly on things like defunding Planned Parenthood here in the United States. We have commitments that he will appoint pro-life Supreme Court justices. So again, words are one thing, actions are another, and we're beginning to see some initial actions that give us hope. Here's what I would say to all of us. First off, we should not put our hope in any politician. We should not put our hope in government or any of these other worldly things. We only can put our hope and trust in God Almighty without being let down. So we need to trust God, number one. And then number two, we need to pray, as we're challenged to do in Scripture, we need to pray for our leaders. So Margaret and I, our children, we pray for President Trump. We pray for his cabinet. We pray for those in the House and the Senate. We pray for them to receive and adhere to godly wisdom and direction and his agenda as opposed to their own. Also, we need to be very actively involved. For example, we're coming up on very quickly action related to stripping 
half a billion taxpayer dollars a year away from Planned Parenthood, the largest abortion chain in our country. In the state of Texas, when you, as the people in the state of Texas, stripped away $32 million a year of taxpayer funding, Planned Parenthood closed more than half of their abortion centers, including the one in Bryan, and the abortion rate fell by 15,000 abortions a year merely by defunding Planned Parenthood. Imagine that effect stretched across all 50 states. That opportunity is going to be coming up on us in weeks. So right now in the House, there is a measure in the budget that will be attached to a reconciliation budget that only needs a simple majority when it goes to vote in the Senate. But we're going to need to be actively communicating with our legislators and actively communicating with the administration. So it's not just prayer. It's not just hope, uh, placing our hope in God. We need to act and help give the courage and the boldness and to help along these things that will do great good for our nation and for our culture. So I'm hopeful. I'm a, you know, a bit skeptical of you know, words until I see action, but I'm beginning to see actions that I'm excited about. And together, I think with prayer and action, I think we're going to see some amazing things happen in these next few months. I agree, David. We, we've got to not sit back and just say, oh, okay, there's been a change in culture. There's been a change in, in political uh, power, but not necessarily a change in culture. And so Planned Parenthood is still moving forward. And, and I got uh, your friend and mine, John Pashada, let us know that there has been an application to restart an abortion business in Waco by Planned Parenthood. And so he's on it. He's going to be making some press releases, but just pay attention out there, Central Texas. We've got more of a fight to fight. There's never a time to just sit back and and not move forward. And I think, David, you've you've spoken about that very, very well. And and it's not a time to sit back and just go, okay, well, now things are going to be different. Now is the time to continue moving forward at a faster pace. And I think the things you've been talking about are a nice clue of what's to come. Specifically, we announced uh, at our benefit dinner uh, this past October here in town in the Bryan College Station area, we will be on Red Sea Catholic Radio debuting the David B. Wright Show. And so if you've never heard that before, those of you in Central Texas, get ready because we are going to have a wonderful show with David B. Wright that will sound and feel a lot like what you've been hearing in this conversation now. Yes. David, talk about that show a little bit more. Well, first off, I just want to thank you, Dennis, for continuing to pester me about this idea for several years and continuing to to lobby for it. And uh, honestly, uh, I'm very excited because during my time leading 40 Days for Life, I really would have had a hard time being able to carve out the energy and the focus to be able to put into this. But now being able to go all in on it, uh, it's, it's an exciting opportunity. But the name of the show, as you mentioned, the David B. Wright Show, um, I don't want anybody to let the name fool you. It's not about me. I am simply the host. And the intent of the show is for me to bring on leaders and experts and celebrity guests. I've been blessed to have an incredible network that I've developed over this last decade in my travels and in my work with uh, coalitions of groups in, in Washington and around the world. But we'll also be bringing on the show people you've never heard of who have amazing stories and testimonies. The intent of the show, though, is not about any of these leaders or experts or what they have to say. It's not about me. The show is about you and what you can accomplish. And together we're going to be taking on and winning crucial battles on four key fronts. And those fronts are faith, family, life, and freedom. 
Those are the four areas that are under attack like never before in our lifetime. And those are the four areas that I believe we have opportunities to make substantive gains and to help turn the tide and restore our culture. So the, we'll be taking on and winning battles on these different fronts on a regular basis as we have these different shows, but also we're going to be, going to be equipping you with the tools to help make a profound impact on the world. I was just talking yesterday with my friend Lila Rose. I had a meeting with her in Washington, and we were talking about how so much of the media that reaches uh, conservative people or Christian people is so much focused on kind of controversy and anger and argument and debate. What we're going to do on this show is we're going to make it a show about hope. We're going to identify very clearly the challenges and the problems we face in our culture, but we're going to map out solutions that each of us can be a part of, and the hope is that by the end of each show, you will have something you can do to move the needle on our culture the proper direction just a little bit. And if together we do these things, we will see the same kinds of progress and victory that we've seen through the local coalition for life, that we've seen through 40 Days for Life, that we've seen through, by the grace of God, the growth of Red Sea Catholic Radio. If each of us just take these baby steps of faith one by one on the crucial areas that right now, literally, this is, this is the future of our nation at stake. This is the country we're going to be handing on to our children and our grandchildren, and we have an opportunity to do good in that culture. As you said, Dennis, get off the bench, get in the game right now. I love the song you used to intro the show today. Right now, we have an opportunity to literally turn the tide in our culture and move things in the proper direction. With God, all things are possible. So we're going to be launching this show in February. We had originally hoped to get it going a little sooner, but with my crazy schedule throughout the end of 2016, with this little thing of you know Red Sea well, acquiring a second station in Waco, <laughs> praise God, you've increased your reach. Yes, and then right. now here we are at the end of January with all these big events in D.C., but we're diving in full force in February. We've got a few last pieces of uh, you know the technical to work through, but I am so excited. And again, as I said earlier, it seems a lot of great things start in Central Texas, and I believe this will be another case of that same thing, something that will not only be for the audience there, but will be able to reach through streaming media and through podcasting. It will be able to reach a national, perhaps international audience, God willing, but something that will help to use what God has done in Central Texas and will continue to do to help continue to positively impact the entire world. So I, I can't wait to get started. And I think it's definitely a, a message and energy that uh, needs to be heard because people have uh, are are able to participate, but they just need to take that first step. And just what we've heard today, you've spoke to that many times throughout the last 30 minutes and how... Um, just continually pointing back to what has already been done uh, here in Bryan College Station and how uh, inspired by the Holy Spirit, blessed and rained down by God, how it's spread and how we have the opportunity to bring that about yet again. You know, David, early on when we were talking about the show, I mean, years ago, you were saying you want this show to be about hope. And that was a key central theme that you wanted running throughout the show. And taking that first step can be so difficult sometimes in action, but if people have hope, then they clearly can have that strength to move forward. And you've been incredible at, at drumming up hope in people when when there is none. And so we finally have a glimmer of hope with the possible turning of the tide in our nation politically we are also looking culturally and in people's hearts to turn that tide. And I think hope 
will be the, the way that people do that. That's right. Well, and we know where our hope comes from. Our hope doesn't come from Washington, D.C. It doesn't come from our politicians. Our hope comes from the Lord. And that's why the show will be bathed in prayer, and we will do our very best to use it as a platform to help uh, point people towards Him and to work in conjunction with Him to positively change the culture. We look at the problems around us. I don't know about you, Judy and Dennis, but when I look and, and just see the challenges we face, it's overwhelming. And I'm just so thankful that I can take all that burden and responsibility off my shoulders and give it to the big guy upstairs because mm-hmm. he's the only one who can fix these problems. And we just need to be his hands and feet. And together, let's do that. We can. Uh, towards the end of uh, the clip that you sent me, uh, you said that, uh, okay, and I don't want to really talk about it right now, but if you want to find out more about it, go to davidbright.com and uh, I did because I did want to know more <laughs> and uh, so in the last minute of the, of our show you might want to speak towards how people can start helping you right now well, you mentioned it. The uh, website I've just set up to get as a starting point is davidbright.com and it's david b e r e it.com. And right now all it is invites people if they want to be updated as these things begin. And this media project is the first phase of what I am going to be doing next. And frankly, the one that I think is central to everything that comes beyond it. And I'm so thrilled to be partnering with Red Sea on it. And so, uh, yeah, would love to continue to pray with and stand with the people of Central Texas. And so many in your audience I have known over the many years when Margaret and I and our children, Claire and Patrick, lived in College Station, were involved in St. Mary's campus ministry across from Texas A&M, our time at the Coalition for Life, and have been back many times. So I look forward to seeing what great things we're all going to be able to accomplish together on this next step in the journey. And as uh, I turn a new page and a new chapter of my life, but also one that I am hopeful will continue to expand what Red Sea is doing and expand the possibilities of what happens when people of faith take action and get off the bench and start doing things to change the culture around them. Amen to that. And uh, I just thank you so much for carving out this time this morning to be a part of uh, the Red Sea Roundup. Uh, We are inspired by your message. We look forward to working with you in the just in the next couple of days. It's going to be so very exciting. Uh, Please tell Margaret and Claire and Patrick hello for us. And uh, we miss y'all and thank you for everything that uh, you're doing to help us. It's an honor, Judy. Thank you, and thanks for your faith, for your leadership. Dennis, as I've told you many times, I still am in awe. Margaret and I were talking just last night about how proud we are of you and your family taking the step of faith to uh, help launch this initiative with a great team of people around you. And to everybody listening, you truly are making a profound difference that's being felt around the world. And uh, let's continue to build on the momentum and see what God has in store for 2017 and beyond. You bet. Well, thank you so much. And God bless. David, it was wonderful talking to you. Our love to the family, and we look forward to this upcoming collaboration with the David B. Wright Show coming up in February on Red Sea Catholic Radio. And remember, when choosing between the values of the world and the values of heaven, always round up. <laughs> <laughs>